All right, welcome back to Under Two Capes, the podcast where we examine everything from Marvel and DC. So today we are finally finishing up our series on the trinities of Marvel and DC with Marvel's Thor, who basically I equivalent I I draw is similar as most to Wonder Woman because they're both like based on myths from from mythology, and plus what's interesting is that. Thor is the god of thunder, and Wonder Woman's father is the Greek god of thunder. So I found that kind of interesting. Uh, so before we jump into it, I just have a, um, a couple of announcements. Our next episode, it's set in stone. What we're going to do is we're going to do an entire episode examining the times in which both comics houses have ripped off characters from, from each other. Like, for instance... Um, Marvel does a character that is like really similar to a DC character. So you know, we're going to do an entire episode where we talk about that. And then we'll even tally it up at the end and see which one's the most uh, rip-offery, if you will. So let's get into it. So Thor, the son of Odin. So let's start with some facts about Thor. All right, so we're going to do 33 facts about Thor from uh, Fascinate.com. The website I go to a lot. So, he made his first comics appearance in August of 1962. It's, an, it's the issue of Journey into Mystery. It's, that same month is when Spider-Man was introduced. So, he's got some pretty good company there. So, let's go to another one. Uh, let's do... Okay, according to Norse mythology, Thor and his fellow gods are granted immortality by eating magic apples that only grow in Asgard. In keeping with the mythology, in the comic store, we return to Asgard per- periodically for some of those sweet apples, provide that the, the apples aren't all, all that bad. So, that's interesting, maybe because when you notice, here, here's a, a contrast with Wonder Woman, because I believe Wonder Woman is just immortal, period. Which is interesting, considering the fact that Thor has to keep going back to Asgard in order to, um, to keep up his, um, his immortality. So, let's go to the next fact. Uh, okay, as a prank, Loki, his brother, once transformed Thor into a frog, an actual frog. Thor subsequently participated in a rats versus frogs war in New York Central Park. Okay, <laughs> he, when he got his hammer back, he transformed only halfway to a frogman. Now that's an interesting superhero, frogman. Fellow god and humorless friend Volstagg ultimately returned Thor to his fully normal self. Well, that's interesting. They actually referenced that in, I believe it's Thor Ragnarok, when they said about how, how uh, when like Matt Damon was playing Loki in this little stage play and he was going to Thor, I'm sorry for turning you into a frog. Okay, Mass Effect. Thor's iconic uh, weapon, the magic hammer Mjolnir, was once, uh, no, was said to be forged in the heart of a dying star. They referenced that in Infinity War. This actually makes some scientific sense as a dying star creates an incredible dense type of matter nicknamed neutronium, a single teaspoon of which could weigh b- b- billions of tons. Okay, then Thor must be super strong if he's carrying a hammer of that. You gave me all... Okay, so here's another fact. The hammer, Thor, uh, the hammer of Thor can only be wielded by those who are worthy. And I referenced this when I did the Secret Empire episode. Be- well, not episode, but the Captain America episode because... One of the things that Hydra Cap was able to do was lift Thor's hammer, and every and like all the Marvel people were like, "Wait a second, but he has the but don't you have to be worthy?" And what's interesting is that once again, it says worthy, not pure of heart. So you could be a bad guy and just be worthy. 
Now, as far as I know, uh, they haven't exactly uh, Marvel hasn't exactly like like uh, enumerated how uh, uh, what constitutes being worthy to lift that hammer. But I'd imagine it's pretty extensive. So let's see. However, in the comics, there's a strong, there's long lines of those who qualify, including an alien named Beta Ray, Beta Ray Bill. This is where you get, get the idea of the Axe Stormbreaker, which Thor carried in Avengers uh, Infinity War, where he forged it, and then in Endgame. And uh, during the fight, Bill managed to grab Mjolnir, which deemed him worthy. Okay. They were both transported to Asgore, where Odin had the two fight it out to see who would get the hammer. Bill won, but being an upstanding guy, he refused to kill Thor. Odin gave Mjolnir back to Thor and made a hammer for Bill. Yeah, the, uh, that's Stormbreaker one. Also, Captain America has wielded Thor's hammer, and I believe Wonder Woman has uh, at one point. Yeah, w- Wonder Woman had at one point in the Marvel-DC crossover. But what's kind of funny is, so she picks up the hammer, she gets all powered up. She's ready to, 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 uh, to fight Storm from the X-Men. Then she puts it down because she felt it wouldn't be a fair fight. Okay, I can see that. But without the hammer, Storm is able to defeat Wonder Woman. That makes no sense. Because, wait a second, so if, if she's supposed to be the, the child of Zeus, I'm pretty sure she could take Thunder. And plus, Storm. Storm beating Wonder Woman. That makes Storm does not have super strength or any of the powers that Wonder Woman really has besides flight. That's the only thing that they really share. So really, all Wonder Woman has to do is get close. And she has the speed to get close and just pummel the ever-living out of Storm. That's it. That is, Or she can just throw her shield at her because Lord knows she's strong enough to whip the thing. And, and if it hits Storm anywhere, it's going to break bones. All right, so let's do this. So next, a sliver of Mjolnir was actually wielded by a throg, also known as a, a puddle gulp. Okay, a football player who had been trained to a frog and assisted Thor during his time as an amphibian. Okay, what will Marvel think of next? Super, but not worthy. Okay, so here's another fact. Superman was able to temporarily wield the hammer when Odin lifted the enchantment for a brief time so he could deal a killing blow to the near-omnipotent Krona. The hammer stopped working for him shortly after that because Superman does not have the heart of a warrior. Okay, so that's, that's probably one of the... Things that you have to that um, that's probably one of the requirements you have to meet in order to lift the hammer, which makes sense considering the fact that Superman's always been more of a peacemaker instead of a warrior, which was one of the points of contention between him and Wonder Woman when they were a couple, because there was this period where Wonder Woman became the god of war. She comes home to, to, to uh, Clark Kent's apartment, and they have this discussion. The fact that he seems to be, like Clark is like really like not digging the fact that she's like the god of war because I think what what he thought it was was she draws power from conflict which is not really that per se she can influence certain certain um, certain people to act certain ways but I'm not sure if she can spontaneously start a conflict plus she has the ability to to telepathically speak to every soldier but that's not the point the point is is that it's probably why Wonder Woman was able to lift the hammer and Superman is not because he's a peacemaker and she actually is trained to be a warrior. Like, a Superman was, n- was not brought up to seek out conflict. Wonder Woman kind of was. All right, armed to the teeth. Fun fact, Superman also got to wield Captain America's shield the same time as the hammer. <laughs> 
The only thing cooler would be also giving him Wolverine's claws, Spider-Man's web shooters, and then Snapchatting the whole thing. Not sure about Spider-Man's web shooters. Maybe Deadpool swords, not the ones from X-Men Origins Wolverine, because those were terrible. But yeah, Wolverine's claws would have been great. That would have been great. So let's see. For, for the films... Uh, for, for the film, 30 hammers were made of various weights and materials. The main hammer was made of, of was made from aluminum. But a soft version was also made for, like, stunts. Because, obviously, if he's swinging the thing around, that's going to get really tiring if it's made of a heavy aluminum. Of the, th 35, uh, of the 30, five versions were used the most, including the lit hammer, which emitted light when lightning was struck. That's probably, yeah, that, that makes sense that they'd have one that lights up because that way they get the lighting reference for, like, the lightning when they're doing post and special effects and stuff. Okay, so during the events of the Civil War storyline, Tony Stark used some strands of Thor's hair, which he had for various re for, for, for reasons, to create a clone of Thor named Ragnarok. Yeah, that was the, that was in, in, in by Civil War, they mean the comic storyline where... There was this one point where to, to gain an edge over Captain America, Tony Stark cloned Thor and created the guy called Ragnarok, who uh, who looked like Thor. Everyone thought it was Thor, but then it was like basically sort of like a mind-controlled version of Thor. And then uh, so after he killed an anti-registration hero known as Goliath, he was uh, Ragnarok was deactivating the dismantle. And what's kind of funny is that Every time, it was the, th the funny thing about Ragnarok is that every time he came back, he would be s shortly, like, dismantled. I think, that's, I think that's hilarious. Your whole existence is coming back to life and then dying. Coming back to life and then dying. <laughs> so let's see, up, up, uh, up in Adam. So back in the day, Thor fought a, a communist Chinese supervillain named Radioactive Man. Upon defeating him, Thor summoned a tornado to send Radioactive Man back to China. The villain warned Thor that, uh, that sending him to to land so fast would force him to reach critical mass and Thor responded with a sassy that's your problem my radioactive friend then then Thor nuked China at the end oh god that is bad <laughs> Thor has a half brother named Adam A-T-U-M not A-T-O-M who every now and then becomes a demogorg a god eater who would kill gods and then consume them and gain their powers because when wow that is that is uh Wow, Marvel just keeps it, just keeps making this interesting. So Cloud so so Cloud City. So for for whatever reason, Thor's home of Asgard got transported into the sky directly over Bronxton, Oklahoma. I remember that. Wait, Bronxton, probably um, because no one would miss it when Asgard inevitably fell and crushed and smushed everything beneath it. Yeah, that happened. That was part of the siege storyline because the Dark Avengers were trying to invade Asgard and take it over. And the Dark Avengers were where Norman Osborn replaced Iron Man as the, both the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the mainstream Iron Man. And uh, formed his own evil version of the Avengers in order to, to gain power. Thor. Okay, so Thor does not actually have the power to fly. When he actually flies, all he does is throws his hammer with his super strength and holds on. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. Originally, I thought, that, like, when Avengers first came out, I originally thought he actually could fly. But I, I wondered why he keeps swinging it around and then just lifting off. That's probably why. Okay, so let's see. In, so most of Thor's powers originate from the hammer. Wow. That's interesting. Depending on the needs of the writers, new powers are often added to the hammer's repertoire, including teleportation and vampire slaying. Okay. So basically, Thor is just a dude with a hammer. Which I'm, I'm sure he has, like, super strength and all that. But that's interesting. That's interesting. That is really cool. I didn't know that. 
All right, the hammer of the dead. One of, of the hammer's lesser known functions was raising the dead. No word on whether or not the hammer could also turn water into wine. <laughs> but yeah, that's another one I didn't know. Apparently it can, it can bring people back to life. Man, that would have been useful. In the hammer, he also has a magic belt named the Belt of Strength, which doubles his already impressive strength and also keeps his pants up. So, wow, that's interesting. So, so that's where his, um, his ridiculous strength comes from. During a battle against Nick Fury, the spy master whispered something to Thor's ear that caused the God of Thunder to be suddenly deemed unworthy. Oh, yeah, that's what happened. Thor subsequently dropped his hammer and plummeted to the surface of the moon. It's unknown uh, what it was that Fury said, but if Samuel Jackson was volunteering, probably, yeah. But th that's interesting. How uh, so? That's how Thor lost the ability to gain the ha to carry the hammer, and then that's how Jane Foster became Thor. Became Thor, which is, that's interesting. I believe that I believe they're going to do Jane Foster Thor in the Thor Love and Thunder movie. Which uh, I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm going to check it out. Okay, so th that's it. Thor was replaced by a female version of Thor. That after a year and a half was replaced by, to, was revealed to be Jane Foster, uh, Foster Thor's human girlfriend. Um, eventually, she was also judged to be unworthy by Odin because even Mjolnir can't break the... Oh, well, whatever, I'm not going to go with that. So, Burly Love, Thor wasn't the only one to become a woman, as Loki also did, did so, stealing the body of Lady Sif, the, Thor, the love of Thor's life, to trick Thor into resurrecting him. Loki remained in the body for years, which led to some... Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. I like Thor before. For, for, for decades, Thor masqueraded as a down-to-earth hipster who wrote books about the dangers of the military-industrial complex and problems of America. He had a, a hippie following who poured beer on Captain America, who who, who they set, who they saw as a, as a physical reputation of everything Thor was criticizing. It wasn't until later that it was revealed to be a god. So Thor was actually a hippie. That's hilarious. So let's see. After a misguided uh, a misunderstanding led to the UN threatening war against Asgard, Iron Man and, and Thor did battle with a Tony Stark wearing his Thorbuster armor. That's why I mentioned the Iron Man episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about, powered by an Asgardian crystal. That's how I powered it. Iron Man gave Thor a sound beating, but Thor tore the armor from him and Iron Man was forced to flee. Okay, so that's who won. So Thor won. Of course Thor won. It seems that Iron Man barely wins fights. I don't know. It's, it's, that's why whenever people ask me who would win, like Iron Man versus Batman, I'm like, well, here's the thing. You take his armor away, then what is he? Again, the, 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 he, uh, the, that goes into the whole line from Avengers where uh, Captain America is like, take off the suit, who are you? He's like a, 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 a genius billionaire, playboy philanthropist. But here's the thing. You take the bat suit away from Batman, he still knows like 28 or so versions of karate. So he could still kick Iron Man. Thor has two pet goats, apparently. We're able to fly and put... Uh, oh, wow. So he has two pet goats. That's interesting. <laughs> let's see. Who else? Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. What else here? Oh, so originally, actually, when they created Thor, Marvel wanted actually to, to make Superman, but with a hammer. So I, that, that, that's another... You could make the argument that Thor is also a version of Superman. In fact, when I played Ultimate Alliance 1, and I got to the point where you can make your own um, superhero team and name it and give an emblem and everything and choose its roster, I basically made what I saw as the Marvel representation of the Justice League. Like, I had Moon Knight be Batman, Ms. Marvel, not Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, Carol Danvers be um, Wonder Woman, basically. And I had basically alternating between Thor and Captain America being the Superman representation. 
because that's kind of this because because here's the problem with that lineup they didn't have Hyperion so I couldn't exactly throw him in as Superman so it's like really just I have no one okay so going to the official Marvel website which kind of interesting is that they have like a rating system on like all these stats about the superheroes <laughs> what I found was interesting is that so it's, a, it's a scale out of 10 they put Thor's intelligence at like a 2 which it, actually it's out of a 7 so still it's kind of weird because it's like I mean I understand if you have like beings like uh, uh, c compared to beings like Mr. Fantastic and Iron Man yeah I get it but a 2 they even have okay so, so speed and strength is like max I can see that Fighting skills at a four. Uh, considering his battle experience, I would say that that should be at least a five. His durability and his energy is at six, which I could see that. I could definitely see that six out of seven. So let's see what else they have here. Okay, so Thor actually has his own secret identity named Donald Blake. And what that happened was, that was back when I believe the Asgardians were like killed and they all... and instead of being actually killed they were sent into human into like mortal forms and thor inhabited the body of donald blake all right so let's read some interesting stuff here during so let's read some stuff about his weapons thor son of the gods has enhanced longevity augmented by the golden apples of idun we already mentioned that he also possesses superhuman speed strength speed agility durability and immunity to most diseases so okay we could really use thor right now <laughs> thor's greatest weapon and his closest ally is mjolnir an enchanted hammer forged from uru metal which is one of the hardest metals ever which has the power to um over storms and can generate energy blasts known as anti-force okay <laughs> thor uses his hammer to summon rain wind lightning thunder and I figured thunder and lightning because that's what he's the god of. While Mjolnir can manipulate weather patterns, it extends godhood and many other abilities to its honest commander. When spun, the Malekinth also allow Thor to fly, hover, and even open portals to other dimensions and realms. When thrown, it acts as sort of boomerang, destroying all things and all things or beings in its path before returning to its owner. So that's the whole thing where he throws it, holds his hand down, then it comes back. When Thor became unworthy of holding Mjolnir, he used Jarnbrorn, a deadly war axe. That, that's when he j just became Thor, Odin's son. So that's interesting there. Let's see what else. So yeah, you, you had the um, the Thor bu Buster armor, which I think is one of the coolest Iron Man armors ever. So, so when Jane Foster's cancer-ridden body could no longer take the rigors of godhood, she chose to, to battle a rampaging Mangog. One last time in an effort to save Asgard from total destruction. In her final battle, she managed to defeat the monster and allowed the Asgardian people time to escape the destruction. Jane Foster then stepped down for the mantle, allowing the God of Thunder to serve as Thor once again. So, I think that's important to, 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 to bring up is that Jane Foster was suffering from cancer at the time. And every time she turned to Thor, her cancer got worse. So, so that's why she had, had to step away at that point. So let's see. Let's talk about his MCU portrayal on screen profile let me go to there okay so thor is played by chris hemsworth which i think he did a fantastic job playing uh playing thor i think he perfectly captured that type of character so let's talk about his evolution because i did that with the other ones so thor starts off as kind of a cocky guy he shows up i'm like i'm great in fact even when you first see him in asgard he's showing up he's like yeah he's like raising the hammer like this is awesome because I think at the time he was going to be 
become the king of Asgard. And then, like, he screws up, and then uh, Odin sends him to Earth without his powers and everything. And that's when the hammer is given the enchantment. Whosoever wields his hammer, if he be worthy, shall have the power of Thor. That's where that whole thing comes from. And then... Let's see, what else? So then you have the idea where... So that's where he slowly had to... Had to regain, essentially regain the ability to wield the hammer. In other words, he had to prove himself worthy, and he did when he sacrificed himself to save some humans. And then he—that's the whole scene where he got the hammer and, and destroyed the destroyer armor. So, uh, and then from there you go to Thor Ragnarok. Actually, 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 from there you go to the. Do you go to the Avengers from there? You, yeah, you go to the Avengers, not the Ragnarok. You go to the Avengers where you see him. He's like he's now. Th- being his his thorness and he has this whole battle with uh with loki and what's interesting is that he battles the hulk at one point because there's always been like a strength rivalry between the two so he battles um about the hulk inside one of the shield helicarriers and what's funny is they have this scene where where hulk tries to, to uh, lift up the hammer but he's actually being dragged deeper at, like the ground is like caving in because hulk's not worthy to lift the hammer I think at one point in the comics he was. I know in the Ultimate Avengers movie he was deemed worthy, which I think is pretty cool. So then, what I felt was kind of interesting was, uh, so, uh, this one scene that really shows off, I think, Thor's power is he, is he goes on the top of the Empire State Building, uses it as a lightning rod, and just unleashes lightning straight at this portal where all, all, all these um, aliens are coming from. I think it's pretty cool. Oh, oh by the way, f- uh, so in in Marvel, the the gods are just aliens that that were thought to be gods when they first encountered humanity. It's often the way it works. So now, then we have so next we have Thor two, um, the Dark World, which wasn't as well received as the other as the other Thor movies, but I thought it was pretty good. But anyway, so. That's when you have the idea of the ether, which is actually the power stone, uh, the power infinity stone. And uh, and remember, this is where we start coming. This is around the time we start um, bringing up the idea of the infinity stones and they're building up toward endgame. So what, what, would, what, so what goes down is. So uh, let me see what else. So, OK, so Jane Foster is in with the ether so she is it's like if you touch her like an energy blast goes up and she like hurts people so thor brings her to asgard and the father confines her to asgard actually and said and thor wants to take her to this location to, to this dark world where he'll be able to extract the ether from her without killing her so they do that and then that's where loki fake dies and then ends up going back to asgard and taking over for odin but um so there was this funny scene. It's after, uh, I believe it's, yeah, it's after Thor, Thor and Jane Foster come back from the dark world. He's walking in and he puts his, he hangs his hammer on the little hat rack. It's just, it's, it's so funny. He just hangs it. It's in this really tiny hammer. So um, after that, let me see what, it's been a while since I saw that movie. Let me see. After that, we have the whole scene where, uh, where Thor and the dark elf, Malekith have this battle in um, in the UK, and what's what's so cool is that there's a scene where like 
like uh, uh, where the main bad guy is like uh, the ether can't be destroyed. And then Thor's like, yeah, but you can. So he just r- rushes him and then just hits him with the hammer as hard as he could. And he pretty much kills him. So that's the end of Thor Thor 2. Now we get to what's probably the best Thor movie of all time, Thor Ragnarok, where Thor is kind of coming into his own. Except this time you introduce his sister, Hela, who's the goddess of death. Now what you end up getting to is... is uh, So Hela actually destroys the hammer Mjolnir, which again, I said it's like one of the strongest metals, and she like crushes it. And then sends uh, Thor and Loki to the planet of Sakaar. And then Thor and the Hulk actually end up being gladiators in, um, actually, wait, let me uh, go back for a second. You have Avengers 2, I I can't skip Avengers 2, um, Age of Ultron, and I can't skip that movie because actually, now that I think about it, that's actually where you get the idea of the prediction of Ragnarok because when they're fighting Scarlet Witch, she essentially gives them, like, visions, uh, and uh, in Thor's vision, he's seeing, like, uh, essentially Ragnarok happen. So next, uh, so now you get to Thor 3. And he, he's trying to find the Infinity Stones. He's captured and and he, he, he escapes the demon pits of Surtur. And he puts the, uh, so eventually he exposes Loki as being, uh, a, uh, he exposes Odin as being Loki because remember I said he took Loki, he took Odin's place as king of Asgard. So uh, this is where you get Doctor Strange showing up and you get that cool scene where he's drinking mead, which is basically beer, uh, out of a mug. And then every time he drinks it, it just refills. And, and then Thor looks at it like, I like this. So then you get the, the scene where they find Odin. Odin dies and then they find Hela. And um, she crushes, literally crushes Mjolnir. And then she goes through the Bifrost with the two guys and um, and invades Asgard and takes it over. While Thor, the Hulk, and Loki are on Sakaar trying to figure out a way to get to Asgard because um, they're stuck there. There's no ship or anything. This is when you meet Valkyrie, who is uh, an Asgardian who... Who's, um, She's the last of the Valkyries because I believe the other ones were uh, were killed when they were trying to imprison Hela. So eventually they they escape uh, Sakaar and return, and Thor has a battle with Hela, but he loses his eye because she like cuts it out. And then uh, he has this uh, vision with his father where he's like, "Hey, I can't do this because I don't have my hammer." And then uh, it's revealed that the hammer was actually not the source of Thor's power in the movie. In the movies, it was actually just a way to focus it. So this is when you get the the whole scene where like Thor fights in the Bifrost Bridge and he's shooting lightning out of his hands like Captain Sparkle fingers. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that when I get to the Shazam movie. But um, they they have that whole epic fight scene on the um on the bridge, and then they escape, and that's where Thor becomes king of Asgard on the ship because they have to destroy Asgard in order to stop Hela. So next we have. Avengers Infinity War where Thor is badly beaten by uh, by Thanos and is left to drift in space where he meets up with the Guardians of the Galaxy and he says hey I'm gonna go to this realm I forget the name it's like really complicated to get um, this axe called Stormbreaker so basically so basically what happens is that first off he gets a cybernetic eye from Rocket Raccoon which it, it looks really cool 
And then he gets there, but then he discovers, so Thanos had gotten there first and had the, the dwarves build him uh, the, the gauntlet, the Infinity Gauntlet, and then he crushed their, their hands. They couldn't build anymore. So, uh, so Thor basically is like, tell me what to do, I'll do it. So he basically builds um, the axe part of the axe, not, not the handle. And then, uh, so they lose the handle, but then Baby Groot, uh, Teenage Groot actually, uses his arms and creates, creates an axe handle. Then from there, Thor is able to open the, the Bifrost Bridge, which is basically a, a teleportation grid, to Earth and arrive just in the nick of time to save the Avengers from getting overwhelmed by Thanos' forces. So at that point, that's when, when Thanos arrives on Earth, and then Thor, uh, and then he, well, actually first, Thanos, like, completely annihilates all the rest of the Avengers, because remember, at this point, he has pretty much all the Infinity Ga- all the Infinity Stones. So Thor shows up, and he manages to, to injure Thanos, like, badly. Like, he basically hits him in the, in the chest with the sharp end of the axe. But he doesn't go for the head, so that's the whole idea of well, you should have gone for the head. And Thanos snaps, and then everyone just, and half the half of everyone disintegrates. And Thor actually feels responsible for this, uh, for this action, which we see in Avengers: um, Endgame, where he becomes like super fat and super like drunk and everything. And I love how he's playing Fortnite. That's so great. I love that. But um. So at that point, he's still trying to come to to terms with, with what he did because he feels guilty for not killing, for not actually t- taking the, the axe to Thanos' head. In fact, near the beginning of the movie, when they go to Thanos and say, hey, snap your snap your fingers and, and like, and uh, reverse this, he actually cuts off Thanos' head. And, and then when they say, what'd you do? He goes, I went for the head. So then they go back in time and, and, and try and get the power stone. So he goes to Asgard during the time of Thor 2. And uh, th- this is where he kind of gets a sort of confidence boost where he holds out his hand. And remember, this is in the past, so Mjolnir is still active. So he holds out his, his um, hand and the, and the hammer still comes to him, so he's still worthy of it despite having this colossal failure. So he returns to, to the present and has, the act, and has both the axe and the hammer, which is pretty cool because when Thanos shows up again, this is past Thanos. He uses the time machine to come into the present. He has a battle with the Marvel Trinity, which again is Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man. Uh, and by Marvel Trinity, at least in the MCU, it's Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man. You can probably make uh, an argument for any of the other characters. But um, you have this epic battle, and Thor is like dual wielding. He's got the hammer, he's got the axe, which I think is really cool. Then eventually, as Thanos is about to kill him with his own axe, as you get the whole idea of Captain America swinging the hammer. But what I liked about his portrayal in Endgame, actually, is that you see he's suffering from PTSD. You don't see a lot of superheroes, and I feel like that humanizes them a little more. Like, he's dealing with acute psychological trauma from knowing that he could have saved all these people if he had just um, chopped off Thanos' head in, the, in Infinity War and just ended it. That's why Thanos said, hey, you should have gone for my head. Let's see, what else can we talk about for Thor? Do I remember, has he ever had an Iron Man armor? I don't think so. Let's see, what else? So let's go to... Let's do some more Thor stuff. Let's see what else we got here. 
So again, Thor is the god of thunder. So let's talk about how he's similar to Wonder Woman. Now, once again, this is just my honest estimation on who would represent Wonder Woman if the if the uh, if these three characters were the Marvel Trinity. Now, the thing is, so both Wonder Woman and Thor are based off of myths. Like, like Diana, Princess of the Amazons, that's actually a Greek myth. And obviously Thor is an actual uh, Norse myth, so they come from two different mythologies. But what's interesting, by the way, is that the mythology in, Wonder, in um, DC and the mythology in Thor are kind of opposite to, to the point where like Hercules is a hero in Marvel and the Amazons are the bad guys, where in DC it's the opposite. I think that's pretty. Uh, that's interesting how they how they reversed it. Then so anyway, there was so, so. Now, the difference between Wonder Woman and Thor, which is why I feel like if they ever went head to head, they uh, Wonder Woman would win, is because once again I mentioned during the fact section that if you take away his hammer, he loses a lot of his power. You take away her, um, Wonder Woman's like sword and shield and everything. And she still has super speed, super strength, and all that. And then when you take off her bracelets, which I mentioned this in the Wonder Woman episode, in Superman Wonder Woman episode, you take off her bracelets, she gets more power. So it's really like, I really feel like if they ever went head-to-head, that would be kind of a, a short fight. In fact, if you go to the... The YouTube channel um, um, Death Battle that they ran like an animated simulation, if you will, of Wonder Woman versus Thor, and of course Wonder Woman won because she took off the gauntlets, and she kind of she pretty much destroyed Thor at that point. In fact, I would argue that if you take the gauntlets off of Wonder Woman, she could practically take out anyone. Because remember, she's the god of uh, she's at one point she was the god of war, and she's not anymore because Ares took that role back when he was revived. And once again, you take off those bracelets, she gets more power. More power. So it's kind of like, okay, that is not going to turn out well for anyone who's fighting her. With Thor, you take off his hammer. Yeah, he's got super strength and everything, but he can't even fly. So really, but let's see. So I believe, uh, let me see. Who could he easily defeat when it comes to the Marvel training? Well, we already mentioned about how he beat Iron Man in a straight-up fight. Because once again, you tear off that armor, he's just a dude. He's just some guy. Then when it comes to to Captain America, I'm not sure. Because Captain America still has like the super soldier serum and all that stuff. So maybe Captain America, and also Captain America is more of an experienced hand-to-hand fighter, where Iron Man's more of a laid-back, sniper-like character. Um, let's see, what else? All right, so going back to Wonder Woman v. Thor. Um, with, so, by the way, what's interesting is that Thor all... Um, also exists in the DC universe because Asgard also exists, the Norse gods. Obviously, it's a different character and everything, but they still have sort of a type of um, representation. That comic was, I'm putting this up on DC Universe, that comic was, a, it, it was a Superman um, comic from like, I think it was the 90s or like, uh, no, actually, I think it was the early 2000s. 
I have to pull that up because I was reading it a little while ago. Okay, there you go. It's from... Let me pull that up. Hang on, it's coming up. It's from which year was this? It was Action Comics number 761, released in 1999. This was when Wonder Woman and Superman go to Asgard and spend uh, actually a thousand years fighting uh, like e- evil creatures to defend Asgard. Is where you get this is where like the whole idea of uh, Superman and Wonder Woman being a thing is kind of like kind of hinted at, but again, Lois Lane got in the way, so I'm like, oh damn it. But uh, so at that point, so uh, again, that, that's where you have the, the idea of Thor, and this is actually where you, where you sort of have an idea of uh, of, of Superman carrying Mjolnir. It's, it's not the Mjolnir where you have to be worthy to carry it, it's a different Mjolnir, but still. It's like he's carrying Thor's hammer and he's like destroying uh, mythological creatures. That's one of the cool things. And then, um, so let's see, what else can we talk about as it relates to Thor and Wonder Woman? I mentioned about how how Wonder Woman is apparently worthy to be, to to, to carry the hammer as um, shown by the fact that she, when she was about to fight um, Storm, she picked it up. I'm actually pulling that up. Yeah, but she put it away because she felt it wouldn't be like a fair fight. And then apparently Storm was able to defeat her in battle, which I think makes, uh, again, no sense. No sense. I mean, come on. It's really just like, because once again, all Storm has that Wonder Woman has is like the ability to fly where it's like, okay, where Wonder Woman has like all those powers that I just named. It's just like, yeah. All right, so anyway, one thing I want to mention, which was interesting, is that in Secret Empire, which again, that was the story where Captain America turned out to be a Hydra agent. I talked about, I'm not going to go that much into it because I talked about that storyline in my Captain America episode, which I believe was last time's. But um, there was this, Ideas. So, so evil Captain America forms his own version of the Avengers to sort of act as an anti-superhero team, if you will. Among them, in addition to like Deadpool, Black Suit Spider-Man, all that stuff, in addition to those heroes was actually Thor Odin's son. Now, he didn't have the hammer or anything, but still. And that, makes the, and that begs the question, wait a second, I thought Thor was a good guy. Now, in the Captain America episode, I mentioned that Captain America, uh, evil Captain America, despite being evil, was able to, ca- to carry around Thor's hammer. So Thor was operating under the misconception that if you carry the hammer, you must be pure of heart. So he assumed that Captain America was just, was a good guy, was, um, was on the side of angels, if you will, and was just a good guy because he can lift the hammer. That, and again, that was like, that was the whole thing about um, if, if, if you'd be worthy. Now, actually, what was revealed in Secret Empire is that they changed, is that the Cosmic Cube that altered Captain America's history also altered the Thor enchantment to to say, like, whosoever is the strongest will will have the power of Thor. That's why Captain America, evil Captain America, was able to wield the hammer. When good Captain America came back from that cosmic realm, all that damage was undone. So when when Hydra Captain America went to lift up the hammer to fight a good Captain America... 
He couldn't lift it, but good Captain America could. Once again, that's a very important distinction that everyone has to, to understand. Okay, so I'm going to call it a time for the Thor episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Now, I'm going to go over what, what the future looks like for the podcast. I mentioned last time how we're going to do mostly DC stuff. We'll still do Marvel stuff, but most of the stuff will, be, will consist of DC because the rest of us are, real, are huge DC fans. We love Marvel too. That's why we're still going to keep it up with Marvel. But, mostly, but we're going to do a lot of DC content, particularly in the coming days and weeks. And I'm going to start, I may start doing more episodes during the week. Oh, and we got our Instagram all set up. You can follow us on Instagram at at uh, under two capes twenty twenty no space. I'm just pulling it up right now on my computer so I can give you guys the exact uh, thing. Okay, so it's it's one word on uh, no caps under two capes and then two zero two zero, and, and you'll know it because it has our. Or podcast art as his profile picture. And that's where I post like what the episodes covered and everything. I have a couple of, uh, of stuff up there. And then that's where we'll also do like polls. And we'll do like uh, one time we'll do an audience Q&A. What will you guys send us questions? And then we we answer them. Then anyway, and then uh, so so another thing we're going to start doing is we may do like gaming uh, episodes where we talk about specific DC and Marvel video games. Like I recently got the the original Xbox Justice League Heroes game, which was pretty cool, which I, I like a lot, which is basically think of it as DC's version of Ultimate Alliance, even though you can't like switch heroes like whenever you want. And there's only like the, the last couple of missions is when you can actually change like which heroes you want to use uh, when you can actually build your own hero teams and stuff. But I felt it was pretty cool. I felt it was pretty cool. And then um, we may do an episode where we talk about, uh, again, all the Snyder Cut stuff because they just keep coming up with that. For instance, um, Zack Snyder recently came out with a post that said like, no compromises. He said 2017 was all compromises. Now there's not going to be any more. So it makes it think like there's going to be a lot of stuff come um, come December where it's going to be, um, I mean, come 2021 where it's going to be, oh my gosh, it's going to be so great. There's going to be so much stuff uh, in the Snyder Cut. It's amazing. It's like going off the fact that it's four hours long, which makes me think Remember, Snyder indicated that's going to be like a lot more stuff than we knew uh, was going into the into the original cut of Justice League. In other words, it's going to be there's going to be more stuff. So what makes me think is 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 that what I'm wondering is does that mean that he that it's Justice League's part one and two in one movie? Because remember, I think he. He was originally going to do, I, th- I think it was three movies, three Justice League movies. I could be wrong on that, but basically it's going to be pretty interesting. I can't wait to see what he does there. I do hope that once they release the Snyder Cut, they decide to just go ahead and ju- just do one more movie and throw it up. And then, uh, so some more mo- news. We got Ben Affleck back as Batman, I believe, which is super great because I mentioned about how he's the best Batman of all time. We have uh, they're making a Zatanna movie, which if you don't know, Zatanna is the is a sort of a, a magical DC character who all of her spells are just saying stuff in reverse, 
which is <laughs> it makes reading the comics kind of di- of uh, difficult when you're trying to think what the what the heck is he saying? And then um, so let's see what else do we have here for comic book news? We have we have let's see. I'm trying to think of what else we have we have for new news for comic book stuff that I can bring up. Oh, so apparently, so I'm going to talk about this. So apparently, um, Joss Whedon is being accused by a cyborg actor, Ray Fisher, of being abusive to, to the staff. And this is actually being corroborated by like the VFX staff, which I th- it's just kind of interesting considering the fact he markets himself as kind of a feminist. But what's actually kind of interesting is that he originally had his own script for a Wonder Woman movie. But it never saw the light of day because it was seen as very demeaning. Which I'm like, okay, so you're, if you're feminist, why is your stuff very demeaning? It's interesting. And if you notice this, the Whedon parts of of Justice League, you can definitely tell where they, um, which ones they were. Like when Flash like falls off a cliff, then he lands and his face is in Wonder Woman's boobs. So I'm like, okay, that was one of the parts where it's that was one of the. Parts of the movie where I was like, okay, that, that, that's Whedon. That is Whedon. That is definitely Whedon. I just, it's really just, it's not like... You see, I'm not really a big... One of the reasons why I'm not a big fan of the... I'm not as big of a fan of the MCU as I am of the DCU. In fact, I think the DC movies are better. is because... Was the idea that he... That... It's just that, that that the MCU had a lot of really immature humor, which I, which they kind of got they, they got away from once Joss Whedon stopped making Marvel movies. Which I guess I guess he was one of the reasons why I was not a big fan of uh, of the MCU, particularly in the beginning. And, and then when you get to like the later movies, uh, like Black Panther and uh, Captain Marvel, which both those movies I thought were terrible. But I feel like after, like, well, first off, once you got past, I'm trying to think, what was the move? What, I'm trying to think, what was the point where the MCU started to to decline for me? I think mine, wa- my point was, uh, I'm trying to think. I think it was when, uh, yeah, it was. It was actually just Black Panther. When Black Panther started to go down, because it was it's kind of like one of those line graphs, because you had down was Black Panther, going up was uh, Infinity War, going down was Captain Marvel, and going up was Endgame, and that's it. Spider Man was pretty good, but I feel like when I'm looking at the lineup of what Marvel's coming out with, it's going. It looks like the 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 trend is going down. Where if you look at what DC's coming out with, because once again you have Zatanna, you have. Justice League Dark, you have the Snyder Cut, you have the Green Lantern series, you have um, you, you have uh, Aquaman 3, you have a, a, a Wonder Woman 1984, you have a lot more variety in which characters are being shown on the screen, where it's like, with Marvel, what they do is that when they're establishing the new status quo for like their cinematic universe, they lock in on three characters and those are the main guys. It's like, Iron Man was in so many MCU movies, I really got tired of seeing him. So it was really just at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go watch DC movies now, because this is getting ridiculous. 
All right. Well, let's see what else can we talk about. Uh, I, I guess I'll I'll call it a, a day there. Hope you guys enjoyed this examination of the of the Marvel and DC trinities. And uh, once again, our next episode, which we should be recording and uploading on on uh, Saturday, will be uh, one, uh, kind of a fun one where I have a guest on and we talk about the the times where, again, b- both comic houses uh, have needlessly copied uh, um, the other's heroes. And I'll be just as as um, critical of DC as I am of Marvel. That's that's for sure. Even though I love DC so much. But um, that's it. And then what we'll probably do is we'll start a, a bunch of DC stuff. I may even start doing storylines. Like we'll do Blackest Night. We'll do Final Crisis. might take a while. We'll do like the J- Jeff Johns J- J- Justice League run. And uh, we'll, we may do like... Uh, actually, we may do after... After the comparison of the copy episode, we'll do um, the Superman Wonder Woman comic series, I think. All right. Have a good one.